Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. I think we are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 554 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB and Matt back in studio, ready to break down everything going on in our lovely world of Philadelphia sports and anything else in between. Uh, we got a lot to dive into between the Phils. Eagles started training camp today, and uh, Matt's back from Italy first time on the main pods we'll get into that as well uh but before we get into everything make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram threads and tiktok facebook.com slash underground sports phi and you can watch every wednesday episode live on twitch.tv slash underground sports phi before it goes out anywhere else you can follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find our entire network of podcasts. And uh, just be a friend, tell a friend. Let your people know to subscribe. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get live streams, original content, shorts, all that good stuff. If it's video, it's going on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And of course, like I mentioned, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. Back from Italy. Uh, first of all, how was the motherland? How was, was the trip? It was fantastic. Had a great time. Uh, very hot, but uh, in some ways happy to be home, but also sad. I don't know why we left. <laughs> um, it's been a while since we've had you on the show, and a lot has transpired with our Philadelphia Phillies. It's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. There's no doubt in our minds you guys will stand out in the crowd, whether you're going to Citizens Bank Park, going to your local dive bar, chilling at home watching the fight and fills when you're wearing your merch from phi apparel company whether it's philly sports merch our exclusive underground sports philadelphia podcast merch you're going to stand out 
with PHI Apparel Company. Go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way for you guys at home to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. When you get your merch, tag us. We'll retweet it. We'll repost it. Uh, we want to see where you're rocking your merch from. So go to phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. All-Star break is coming gone. Philly's back at it. And uh, Trey Turner's catching the Bluebirds. Well, he's had a pretty underwhelming season. And I think, you know, we've seen this Phillies offense kind of hit peaks and valleys all throughout the year. When Cassianos cools off a little bit and everyone else is sort of uh, has not picked up that slack that he was carrying us with into the All-Star break. Um, and Trey has, again, struggled for so much of this year. It sucks, you know, it it's tough, and I, I think it's actually kind of interesting, too, because Castellanos has had a nice rebound from his uh, disappointing first year. You hope that Trey picks it up at, at you know at the later stages of this season and, and has a, a better second year, but it's been a little underwhelming from him, and I think um, you know people are, are just a little frustrated at that. Uh, I, I don't really like it that much in like the regular season, you know, when the stakes are not that high. Um you know, especially in a sport like baseball where there's like 80 home games to see, <laughs> you know, it's not like you're spending, uh, you know, a lot of money on these games. I, I, I don't know, you know, do what you want to do, but I, I think, um, probably not the, the best thing to be doing in this situation, but, uh, I think it, it is a reflection of what a kind of a frustrating first season it's been for him so far. Um, but the Phillies as, as a whole have been good still, you know, um, still hanging around the wild card. It's, it's a, it's a packed group, but, you know, they seem like a team that can certainly make a breakthrough. And, you know, they're in a, obviously a tough series now with Baltimore. But, you know, the the first two games of the series and the one they're playing now have been all really close, which I think is a good, like, watermark to hit for the Phillies too, by the way, because um, Orioles especially are a very good offensive team. You know, and the fact that they've been able to limit, you know, their offensive breakout so far in this series, um, you know, is a good thing that these games have been really close. And this is a team that, it's likely going to win its division. Where it, at the at the very least, is going to be a playoff team, almost certainly. Uh, but could be beating the Rays out, who had you know a really hot start. This is a this is a, I think a good good mark for them. And you look at the schedule coming up too. They've got a, a light schedule or a lighter schedule at least. So I think there's a lot to be positive about outside the trade Turner boost. And I mean, trade deadline is six days away. Um... We also got injury update news from Rob Thompson, who said he's very encouraged by Reese Hoskins' rehab. He said, I'm not a doctor or a trainer, so I don't know when he'll be back, but he feels like Reese Hoskins will be back this season. And that's a that's a huge development, I think, for this team because, you know, you talk about the peaks and valleys with this team offensively. It's been very obvious from the get-go that they miss Reese Hoskins' bat in the lineup. Yeah, you know, he was a guy that maybe in this slump, you know, could could pick the team up a little bit you know we we had seen him do that over the last few years um you know and given when his his injury did occur I think it was just a straight ACL tear I don't think Mm -hmm. there was other like structural stuff we've seen guys come back from ACL tears you know in six seven eight months and you know be able across all sports and be able to uh to perform at, at a high level so maybe that's the case it, it sucks that it comes off the back of really disappointing uh, injury news and paints are being out uh, with Tommy Johns. You know, he's going to lose obviously all of this season, but even next season, um, this is a guy that we're like looking forward to as a breakout, um, making his debut as a teenager in, in MLB and just obviously gets picks up a, an unlucky injury in spring training that just sort of lingers all year. 
and uh, you don't ultimately have to make a decision. So I, I think uh, getting Reese back would be nice, but, you know, <laughs> it'd be kind of this uh, very unfortunate sliding doors where you have one guy get shut down for this year and beyond, and, you know, you at least bring another guy back. Yeah. Uh, we do have some, you know, bringing up the trade deadline. Two trades happening already today, one involving the dumbest team in all of baseball, and that's the Miami Marlins. Um, they traded this two hours ago from Craig Mish and Mark Feinsand. The Marlins traded Dylan Floro to the Twins for uh, Jorge Lopez in a swap of relievers. So the Marlins already making moves. You got to make moves, stay ahead of them as well. Uh, and then the Cleveland Guardians, as of 10 minutes ago, have agreed to a deal to send shortstop Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers. Interesting. They're working on the medicals, so no uh, return has been reported yet, but Ahmed Rosario going to the Dodgers in a very Dodgers-esque move. Right. Um, yeah, I think for the Phillies, it's still, I think one of the big priorities should be getting another starting pitcher. Um, I think what's what's interesting is that, you know, we, we've talked about that can kind of carry you over the line in the way that Syndergaard did. You know, Syndergaard did not blow us away, but I also think he was a, a pretty good part of, of how we, uh, you know, ended up making the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he wasn't, again, was not dominant, but I think was a, was a pretty good, you know, fifth option, rotational option. Um, Brian Marsh was also part of that. Uh, <laughs> that So that was uh, that was nice. You know, it was a nice little throw, if you could find a way to, to maybe do that again. But um, I think starting pitching would be great. And I think if you can find maybe an extra bat um, to give you a different look or, again, just to give you a little bit of depth, that could also be a, a really positive thing. But I think starting pitching – probably should be where the Phillies uh, Phillies look if they look anywhere through this trade deadline. But it doesn't – it's weird. You know, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of noise with the Phillies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it seems like they it's might be – a lot of speculation. Yeah, but it just, you know, doesn't feel like anything's, like, really, like, concrete or anything. Yeah. It just feels, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot more speculation, maybe them being a little more opportunistic. So we'll see. You know, I, again, I, I think – I wonder, too, if, like, honestly, like we talked about the painter thing, if that maybe even – makes them feel a little more aggressive, you know, because I have to imagine that they were thinking about him in mind for next season. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, again, maybe not being like, maybe not starting, you know, at, at the same level of, of someone like Nola Wheeler, where you're going every five days, but, um, seemed to be with the mind that he was going to be at least a semi-regular starter for the team. You know, that that's completely off the table now. Um, and the Phillies, you know, you have to kind of play this like, short-term, long-term game. Nola is a free agent this offseason. Zach Wheeler's a free agent after next year. Like, maybe you find someone that's cost-controlled that isn't one of the bigger names, you know, and, and that's kind of your your plan here. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who the, the Phillies end up with if they end up with anyone. Yeah, and the other name that was getting thrown around today between two very, you know, hyper-competitive teams, the Dodgers, and the Rays is uh, Lance Lynn. Yeah, Lance, it's weird because Lance Lynn has like not been um not been amazing this year. He's had some some tough outings. Um Giolito, I think, is probably the better option of the two, but maybe is is costing more. I, I don't know. And they um, also have Dylan Cease. Right. You know, there there's kind of three names to, to keep on there. Like Marcus Stroman is is another name that you're gonna hear a lot about. Um, you know, and I think those are I think those are kind of the biggest names on the market, um, especially pitching wise, and it, that's similar to what we saw, you know, last straight deadline too, where a lot of the contenders were looking to add sort of that maybe like third starting pitcher, fourth starting pitcher on their team. Um, 
and so yeah it's, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up uh ends up with those guys but you know I, I don't know if the Phillies are going to be in the mix for any of those big names um, just because the cost might be a little high. And, you know, someone like Stroman, I think, is nice, but I, I don't know exactly how well he would fit with the Phillies. Um, you know, we already have Ranger, who's more of like a contact pitcher, and I, I just don't know. Like, this is not the team for infield defense, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, especially with... Bank Park is such a hitter-friendly park. Right, but... especially considering, too, that, you know, the infield is not set. You know, Bryce mm-hmm. is, you know doing his best at first base um but outside of that you do you know we could expect if reese is back you know he was always not exactly what i'd call an elite defensive uh prospect in the infield um and then you have schwarber still uh dad bodding it out out there just uh, making making dad plays at balls but yeah i, I again I, I think starting pitching is uh is definitely something to consider at the trade deadline um if not maybe even this offseason you see you see uh the Phillies go out and get aggressive again because pretty much every offseason they've added at least what they believe to be a starting level pitcher. and that's no knock on how well Christopher Sanchez has pitched either he's been like a savior after we had to muck through two and a half months of Dylan Covey and Bailey Falter and you know just bullpen games it's like Christopher Sanchez was right there. Why couldn't we have done this from the get-go? He's been phenomenal. He just hasn't gotten the run support, unfortunately. He's gotten Cole Hamels and Aaron Nola out the wazoo, you know, every single start. But he has done a, a fantastic job as a, a fifth starter for the Phillies. And his last start was great, just didn't get the run support. Yeah, I um, and, and I agree. But I think that's all the more reason, maybe, too, that you kind of try and find someone who's capable because... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Phillies have, I think, been in some ways a little lucky this year, you know, in that they haven't had to, like, depend too much on the bullpen. Like, the starters have done pretty well this year at eating innings and, and things like that. You know, it hasn't been spectacular, but, you know, there, there haven't been a lot of moments where we've had to rely on, like, long bullpen days. And, um, you know, again, you, when you have two guys at the top of the order, too, and, and Nola and Wheeler, that can, that can give you a, a really strong outing. That's a good thing, but, you know... We've seen, again, we've seen this in years past where uh, your pitchers maybe miss like two, three weeks, and that puts you in a really tough bind. With how tight the wild card is, I just think you have the ability, you know, when, especially when some of these other teams are faltering. When you see the Marlins have, have struggled the last few weeks, right? Um, you know, I, and, and the Padres have kind of fallen out of the race. Like, I think you have the opportunity to kind of pull your weight ahead and, uh, and push through. And even a team like the Diamondbacks, you know, we talked about some of the similarities between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks in that. Um, you know, the Diamondbacks have a worse starting pitching group, I would say, than, than the Phillies, um, but, you know, have a similar kind of like offensive capability. If you can, again, kind of build on what is a, a, a good strength for the Phillies and, and really shore up and, and make it stable for the rest of the year, I think that's a big advantage you have over a lot of these other wildcard teams, which I think the Phillies have as good as or if not a better roster than most of the wildcard teams in the National League. I, I think they, they are a better team and you know, you want to kind of capitalize on that uh, supremacy. Yeah, and as the trade deadline gets closer, you know, we're going to be seeing rumors and everything. There's only been a few names that none of them move the needle for me uh, in particular that I've seen that just continue to get thrown in the Phillies' directions, and two of them are two old friends, Matt. Uh, you tell me how you'd feel about the Phillies reacquiring uh, one David Robertson. <laughs> no, because he will immediately get hurt. He's just – he's – Unable to stay healthy in the Philadelphia area. Uh, Hydra TVs and Xboxes. Carlos Santana. 
not a bad like uh, platoon option um, in the outfield, but I think there might be better outfield uh, guys available. But I, I don't think that'd be awful. And then uh, this one just does nothing for me whatsoever because he just feels like big loser energy. Tommy Pham. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but Philly's uh, fan-sided website, uh, that ball's out of here. They mocked up three trades uh, for the Phillies that you, you give a little bit less because you're taking back some bad contracts in return, too. Uh, so you tell me, you know, scale one to one to five, one to ten, how you feel about these trades. The Phillies trade for an outfielder and a bad contract. We go over to the now dead St. Louis Cardinals. And the Phillies get Tyler O'Neill and Steven Matz. Just Dave Dombrowski doing his Thanos former Mets Infinity Stone collection there with Steven Matz. So I think I think with acquiring anyone in the outfield, I think the, the here's the problem with the Phillies is is the one issue I'll say. Is that again with the injuries that they've had, um, acquiring anyone is a little bit of a like a, a hard process because mm-hmm. Phillies have like four guys that realistically should be DH right now um, and the ideal thing I th- again I think the best thing for this team uh, in the last like two months of the season would getting would be getting Schwarber out of the outfield and into DH um, and so that could be a priority so I, I don't hate it in that sense because which is somewhat happened thanks to the like fantastic emergence of Johan Rojas right but you know is Johan Rojas really like the? Right. I, I, is I don't he going to be right. on your playoff roster? Exactly. I, to look at. I, I really think like having someone stable enough to to get Schwarber out of outfield could be uh, a little bit of addition by subtraction. So I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, your next hypothetical of an outfielder and a bad contract: Lane Thomas from the Washington Nationals, and one future former Philly, Patrick Corbin. I guess it depends on your belief in how bad Patrick Corbin is and if he's salvageable, which I think he could be. Um, you know, the Nationals the last few seasons has not been a, a comfortable place for anyone. And I will say the Phillies have done pretty well with taking struggling or at the very least question mark pitchers from other NL East teams. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's that's a, a scarier prospect because I think the contract is uh, – gross he's a tough one to swallow uh and then the final one here uh randall gritchick and antonio senzatella from the colorado rockies no thank you i um i i think rockies to me are just uh they're they're just a little bit of fool's gold and i think everyone always kind of sells themselves on the hitting and how you know they they look so good and it's because of you know, where, where they play. And the pitching is always, well, you know, they had like a 590 ERA there, but that's because they play in Colorado. And it's like, and it's just, I, I feel like it just does not work the way that we ever expected to. And here's the thing with Sensatel. He's out for the rest of this season, and he has $36 million guaranteed to him over the next three years with a team option for 2027. And that's half of the Otani money. So, you know, like, let's... Can't do it. <laughs> and here's the other one. Uh, is the remainder of John Middleton's cigar shares... Uh, one of the Liberty Bells at Citizens Bank Park, Manco and Manco, uh, and then name your prospects for Shohei Otani. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yes. Um, <laughs> Manco, Manco. I'm not going to say it's bad pizza because it's not, 
overrated. Overrated, though. yes. Um, I think my advice to anyone visiting the boardwalk is the best pizza is the one with the shortest line because mm-hmm. it's all good. Uh, I don't think Mango Mango is really has any sort of uh, supremacy over other pizzas uh, in boardwalk pizzas. I think you you're gonna be very hard to do to find a bad pizza on the boardwalk. Um, we could we got plenty of Liberty Bells. I think mm-hmm. we can spare one. And honestly, I do not care about John Milton's cigar collection. No, so. He can, he can spare them. Yes. Um. Who who are your ideal, like wish list targets for the Phillies? Uh, wildest dream is Otani, obviously. <laughs> um, even if you get him for two months, it would be the best two months of my life, I think. <laughs> and uh, you maybe convince him uh, that he uh, he could have a happy home here if we give him, I don't know, like eighty million dollars a year, um, pay like a Philly tax or something. Um, there's no like name particularly that I'm like attached to. Um, I, I just think of like who I would be happy with, with leaving, you know, this trade deadline with, and that would be any kind of starting pitcher that is of, of reasonable quality. Um, Syndergaard from last year is kind of the lowest tier that I would be happy with. And he was kind of, I, th- I think like tier two, tier three of like the pitchers available last trade deadline. So that's kind of the lowest in general that I would like to go. So, you know, you get someone who's maybe, um, in an advanced age, you know, no longer that dominant pitcher, but has composure, you know, has, has maybe been in uh, playoff situations before. Like I'm, I'm looking more just for like a profile of a player rather than like one specific name. So I also think like Syndergaard was not a name that I was expecting to see mm-hmm. on the Phillies last year. Like you think of like all the, the guys like Quintana that were like thrown out there that, you know, we're, we're linked a lot. We talked a lot about Syndergaard was really not one of those guys. Um, and so on, honestly, I think, um, it's more just the profile for me than anything. Uh, one name I did hear that Matt Gale brought up was Cody Bellinger. Um, Sign me up. Which I think would be really interesting. You know, he's kind of had a nice rebound season. And um, again, it'd probably fall apart once it gets to Philadelphia. But, you know, I, I listen, I, I think that could be a, that could be something interesting too, you know, if if he's actually available. But I saw uh, Alex Carr too the other day put out a, a tweet saying, he would like he, he wouldn't mind seeing the Phillies take like a 2021 Braves approach to the deadline where you go and get the names that not everybody's talking about but you look at what those guys that they acquired it was you know Eddie Rosario who ended up being the 2021 NLCS MVP Jock Peterson and Adam Duvall those guys were critical players down the stretch for the Braves in a number of ways you know defensively and offensively more in, in particular to them winning a championship so I think if you can go and acquire like that next tier level of player that isn't necessarily going to make it difficult for them to crack into the lineup, they can come off the bench and be, you know, successful players for you and you don't have to give up as much either, but you're still getting quality players back. I wouldn't hate that approach either from David Dombrowski. Yeah, either. I agree. Um, Yeah, I think my, my two dream players for the Phillies would be Cody Bellinger, and either Dylan Cease or Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I think those and those are like realistic targets too. I, I think especially uh, Giolito. I it really just feels like he's he's everyone's kind of uh, kind of target. I, I think a lot of teams are circling him. Um, the only thing that worries me is that that probably means the price is uh, is pumped up. So yeah, especially now that uh, he and his wife are getting divorced and they announced it during the home run derby. <laughs> tough. That is tough. Um. Yeah, those guys. And then I also wouldn't mind them going and getting another bullpen arm. You know, the Phillies have had 
bouncing back and forth injuries between Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, like guys who've just been getting hurt out of the out of the blue. Like it feels like they're they're pitching one day and then the next day it's like, oh, we had to place this guy on the injured list with a an elbow injury or you know a, a forearm strain. And I I would rather them go and acquire another guy just to be like secure there. That if an injury does happen down the stretch, you have somebody who can step right in and you're not having to worry about bouncing Andrew Bellotti back and forth between AAA and the majors. You don't have to, you know, have Dylan Covey on this roster anymore. Like, go and get a guy. Like, the one guy that bullpen-wise I would love to see them go get is Carlos Estevez from the Angels. Would love that. On my fantasy baseball team, he's uh, he's been on a heater. He, already, he put out on Twitter that, you know, if the Angels make the playoffs, good luck, brother. Um that he would Naruto run from the mound to the outfield. Would love to see him do that at Citizens Bank Park. I don't want to say it's his fault that they uh, <laughs> that they've fallen like ten games behind, but maybe uh, maybe that's why it run wrong. Um, so I'd love to see a, a player like that also get acquired. There's also um, a couple Cubs relievers too that you know Phillies are not afraid to trade with the Cubs at the deadline. So we'll see what Dave Dombrowski has up his sleeve um, as the trade deadline comes, and by this time. You know, next week we'll be seeing who's on this Phillies roster because trade deadline is on Tuesday. So next Wednesday show we'll be talking about who the new Phillies are, hopefully, and hopefully it's some uh, some nice pieces added to this team for a, a hopeful postseason stretch run um, that we have coming to us. But let's get into uh, everybody's favorite segment here on this show. It is the NL East and Major League Baseball run differentials. That run differential has just become commonplace now. All the big beat writers, all the big baseball reporters, they're just tweeting about run differential now, and we just want to let everybody know we started that movement about two and a half years ago. So you're welcome, baseball, for run differential being normalized uh, because of us. But it's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. A new age of golf has arrived, everybody, and if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course. You guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or follow them at Wasted Wedge on Instagram, Threads, and Facebook. That's WastedWedge.com and follow them on Instagram, Threads, and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. Remember the name, WastedWedge.com. Matt, the NL East run differential, uh, quite the quite the spreadsheet here. As uh, the first place, sixty four and thirty five Atlanta Braves have scored a a whopping five hundred and fifty one runs so far this season, giving them a plus one forty two run differential category. Um, like we've said for quite some time. The Braves really aren't the Phillies competition at this point in the season. Like you don't have to truly worry about the Braves unless you're playing them. Um, they're not a team you're looking at in the standings pretty much the rest of this year until the playoffs roll around. Yeah, I um listen. They the the honestly the division was gone in May, so Yeah. Good luck. Uh but since you have last been on the show, Philadelphia Phillies are in second place. It's a great jump up there. And uh, they're 54 and 47. They've scored the second most runs in the division at 452. But their run differential is plus eight. But we are still in the positives. And that's what matters. We have finally uh, emerged from our cocoon. <laughs> so. It's like the, uh, the gif of Dave Batista and Dune just <laughs> surfacing out of that sludge. Um, then we have the dumbest team in baseball, the 55 and 48 Miami Marlins. Uh, 
who are two and eight in their last ten. They have scored the fewest runs in the division at 422 to give themselves a negative 19 run differential and still being well above 500. You love to see it. With an expected win-loss number of 49 and 54 for the Marlins. Uh, the New York Mets at 47 and 53, maybe shipping Justin Verlander out to San Francisco. Whoever would be interested in paying that contract. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, the Mets have scored 447 runs this season, and their run differential sitting at negative 11. And then the stolen franchise, 43 and 59, Washington Nationals, who have scored more runs than the Marlins this year at 441. But they've given up the most in the division at 532 to give them a negative 91 run differential on the season. But still, nobody is as close to the bottom as the 28 and 75, 29 games back in the wild card Oakland A's, who've given up 624 runs this year and have a negative 259 run differential. Can we uh, can we get a few more games against the Athletics? That'd be kind of nice. I know we do play the Royals uh, yes. coming up. The quietly just as bad team. <laughs> but have given up half as many runs. Yeah, that is that is definitely part of it. It's not as uh, harsh on the eyes. but Which is also just as impressive. Yeah. To be at that bad while also... like That is, you're right, that is actually pretty impressive. To be, like, just one game better... But having given up, <laughs> given up half the runs, that's pretty. They have impressive. a negative one seventy six run differential. Do the Royals? That's insane. And then the Colorado Rockies, who Rockies Twitter is is very weird. Um, they they still bring up when Bryce Harper was arguing with them back in whatever it was May April. Like, you guys are forty and sixty two and have a negative one thirty nine run differential. Like, yeah. Got bigger things to worry about. Yeah, I would say. Um, so there's your your run differential wrap up. <laughs> Get ready for Russell Wilson. That's, <laughs> let's ride. It's a it's Broncos season for y'all. Also, the dumbest divisions in baseball, the uh, the Centrals. Um, the Minnesota Twins are four games over 500, but have a positive 41 run differential. The, uh, the Chicago Cubs, only team in the NL Central with a positive run differential, and they are 49 and 51. It's just it's very unfair. Very unfair that other people get to live that joy. Brewers, 57 and 46, negative three. Reds, 56 and 48, negative six. Just doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense. Um, Phillies are currently winning last I checked. It is tied up. There we go. That, that's the Phillies way they roll. That's just what happens. They all As soon as they, they take the lead, they give it right back up. Um... But at least the, the schedule coming up is a little bit more manageable, and hopefully you'll have reinforcements coming in via the trade deadline, and who knows what teams Uncle Dave will be calling this week, this weekend. Um, but I think that's when we're going to see the most movement is series over the weekend um, for every team. You know, with the deadline being on a Tuesday, I think uh, teams will be wanting to bring guys in for those weekend series if they can, and then uh, going into... Uh, the month of August, we'll we'll see some of these guys on their new teams as long as they're not uh, Glenn Robinson the third. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's get to uh, everybody's favorite team in this city. Just kidding. It feels like they are the least favorite team. Seventy Sixers, Matt. Would you rather be at Joel Embiid's wedding or 
handing out what seemed like handing out burgers from Bun B in the club with PJ Tucker? Um, I'd rather be at Joel Embiid's wedding. It seemed like a, a more more fun time for yes. me personally. Not a big fan of clubs, although I am interested in a troll burger. You know, <laughs> like that does intrigue me. But um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's just again just another uh, very uncomfortable long off season with now we don't know what's happening with James Harden. Um, heard that we might trade PJ Tucker, Tucker to avoid uh, the tax and with 2024 a cap space in mind. That's exactly what you want to hear when you have a generational talent on your team coming off an MVP year. Said, uh, I'm going to try and save a little money this year, you know, and look at 2024 at a terrible free agent class. Uh, and you could probably be trading Joel Embiid next summer if, if that's really uh, the strategy you want to take because this team would be like a five seed. And, you know, get bounced in the second round again. So, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a strange plan because it feels like the Sixers are kind of just hoping to be running it back. Yet, they're going to be running it back with worse surrounding personnel. Mm-hmm. And are still going to have an unhappy James Harden, it seems, for this season. And I think James Harden has some reason to be upset. You know, he did take a friendly deal last summer to help the Sixers round out the roster. I was hoping that that would result in a little bit of reciprocation on the Sixers end you know, with, with giving him the max deal. The problem is, is that no one else was interested in giving him the max deal. And so the Sixers were obviously not going to just be handing that out to him. Um, so yeah, I, it's just, it's another summer where you're sort of, uh, you're kind of happy to not be thinking about the Sixers and not be thinking about basketball because it's not, they're, they're not really positive thoughts on the whole. It does feel very weird that they are now, like, truly the most, like, despised team in the city, it feels like. Like, even people are feeling more positive feelings about the Flyers than they are about the Sixers. I, Which is a strange world to live in. Because the Flyers, are, I think, have finally accepted their fate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Sixers have just so much have done so much psychic damage to people that they're just over it. It's like it, it truly turned uh, into a like a toxic situation. I think, especially too, again the way they they lost this year, where they got so meekly in Game Seven and Harden and B just had a terrible, terrible performance. It's just uh, it's hard to reconcile with that, and it's hard to not just hate it. <laughs> yeah. And again, you you have one of your your star players actively demanding a trade, um, only wants to go to the Clippers, who have nothing to give in return uh, that would be a, of realistic quality, uh, you know, for James Harden. So it's it's yeah, I I don't blame anyone for for kind of being checked out on them. Uh, at least we didn't pay three hundred four million dollars to a guy with. Uh only one directional way to turn yeah that's um that's one thing for sure that we we did not we we only did that to Tobias. we only gave the tobias harris contract we did not give the Jalen brown contract so that contract uh, when i logged on and saw that wasn't from like ball sack sports i was stunned yeah i mean the cap is you know just ever increasing it's supposed to go up again in 2025 so um get used to these contracts <laughs> like the the next stars in the nba are going to be Likely billionaires just off of NBA contracts alone. Now, of course, they don't see all that money, but um, yeah, I mean, you look at like uh, what the, the the young players now are getting as those second contracts. You know, you're you're going to see numbers in the three hundreds, four hundreds. You know, um, so that's just a 
it's it's a it's definitely like uh what do they call it ticker uh sticker shock yeah. um kind of thing you know like you, you know 70 million is just insane amounts of money but it's still just 35 percent of the cap you know like that's just that's just what it is at least we did the tobias harris deal before <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah let's kick it to uh the gridiron it's brought to you by our friends over at kenwood beer it's smooth, clean, and bright with taste to boot. Kenny is the routine choice of folks who want a balanced, flavorful, no-frills beer that's right for any occasion. Some call it the best light beer they've ever had. We just say you can't beat the original. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the all-new and improved Kenny tracker. You can see who's got Kenny's on tap in the Philadelphia, now Pittsburgh area. Uh, it's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories and only 8 grams of carbs. That's KenwoodBeer.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. The The summertime lull for all of the NFL sickos is over, Matt. And I don't know about you. I think we've discussed this almost every summer. It truly is wild to me how geared up people get to watch football players just practice. Yeah, I listen. If that's your prerogative, that's your prerogative. Um, it's hot though to be sitting in bleachers and uh, you know, in, in exposed air and uh, at at training camp. And um, I, listen, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Uh, no, I'm not gonna throw too much shade, but uh, I would I would ask that you seek shade when you're yes. sitting out and it's 97 degrees. And even the people just online, like, oh, we're back, we're so back, like. <laughs> It's, it's it's practice. Guys. It's it is hard for listen, I get it. People are starved. Uh they they really want it back and uh, you know we're we're just getting closer and closer. We're like it's just uh like what, like 5 weeks away, 6 weeks away from uh from football being back. I get it. But uh yeah, it's never been something that I'm like man. And you know, it's it's always the same out of every every camp it's always the same. It's like this guy looks amazing and it's like yeah, it turns out when you watch uh, professional athletes up mm-hmm. close when they're playing with no pads and just get to run it up in space, that they, they it looks insane, you know, yeah. <laughs> because they're, <laughs> they're professional athletes. So who knew? But yeah, that's that's what it always is. It's always you know, and everyone kind of hangs on every word because everyone is looking for for some sort of nugget, some sort of information, especially now with the rise of fantasy football, like and how just how popular that has become and how pervasive it is in like just nfl news um everyone is looking to hear about like so-and-so's backfield and who's taking the i saw like um tweets about like who's taking the first carries at practice but that's like real news that people are like hanging on every word you know because everyone's trying to find just every little uh every little piece that they can i have i've come to terms over the past couple of seasons just with how long football season is for us here and, you know, obviously being part of the Violent High School broadcast crew now, too, and how much football dictates such a huge portion of my year, I appreciate the time off. The time off from football is so pre- – and we've, we've said this, I think, last year. Stop rushing summer. Yeah, summer is, is great. Um, as I've gotten older, listen, it, it is hot. You know, that, that is that is tough. you got to cope with it. But I've become, I've become heat-pilled in my, uh, in my older age. Nothing. I love nothing more than feeling the sun on my skin. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't don't rush summer. Summer's a great season. We got we got a lot to be thankful for. I love fall. Fall is great, but you know what? It, we can take our time getting there. We don't want to. Exactly. We don't want to skip through all of like August to get there. August is a great month. It's all good. You know, we'll be fine. 
You'll you'll and survive. Listen, September is still nice weather too. And you even October. Get, yeah, we're good. Um, I do love. I, I brought this up on the last episode we recorded. Um, I love how the Eagles social team is absolutely just trolling the ever living shit out of Eagles fans everywhere over the Kelly Green jerseys because all these other teams are releasing their throwbacks and everything. And at the beginning of the week, the Eagles put a poll out um, asking if everyone just wanted a series of posts that had everything to do with us not dropping the Kelly Green jerseys announcement. And that's what they've been doing. Uh, So today's is the (laughs) getting kicked in the face. Leave us alone, social admin. Drop the Kelly Green jerseys. Um, we also had like the, the bow wow meme from one of the, the singing shows and, um, the, the more and more people have been complaining about the Kelly greens not being dropped, the more and more, I'm just like, drag it out. They, they're going to complain about them not being dropped so that they can complain about not being able to order them because they're all sold out. So <laughs> I along know. with, Oh, these are not what I thought they were going to look right, like. Right, it's going to be, but this is the real Kelly Green. You know, like, not my Kelly Green. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, some of the throwback uniforms have been fine across the NFL. Some of them, not so much. Um, don't know what the fuck the Colts jersey release was. Um, I don't know if you saw those ones, but they were quite the spectacle. Um but yeah, I mean the Kelly Greens will be there. Plus, I mean if you go down to Wildwood or any of the shore towns, they've got them in the the basketball game thing already. So yeah, there's your sneak peek. And those things, I'm telling you, they will they will last a long time. They're just, breaking news before Ian Rappaport. Just do not wash them. <laughs> they will fall apart. Um, last bit here, uh, as we are in full blown MLS mode across everywhere because of the. The arrival of one Lionel Messi to the MLS. Uh, It's brought to you by our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. They now have an app, everybody. The Tomahawk Shades app is available in the App Store and I believe Google Play as well. Uh, When you download the app, you open it up, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses just for downloading the app. Mine came in today, was very excited. Uh, All you have to do is pay for shipping. Uh, so you're getting potentially a pair of like $90 sunglasses for $11. You can't beat it. Um, you can peruse all of their sunglasses, blue light glasses, prescription lenses, tomahawkshades.com. And when you go to check out, use code USP for 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off at tomahawkshades.com. Uh, the League's Cup going on right now, Matt. Messi, Messi Mania has taken over. MLS, I think he's putting the M in MLS now, the way that uh, everyone has been just on messy mania in the States. Uh, obviously has that game-winning goal in his first game, scores Stupid. again, <laughs> and uh, he's taken over uh, everybody's brains over the past couple of days. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the sight, and you know, I think I, I saw that uh, Inter-Miami now is the most followers of... 28 other MLS teams combined. I think they, they're like the fourth or fifth now most followed, like, uh, U.S. Uh, like sports team, which, again, you know, when, when you just bring kind of the profile of a player like that, it's only going to be natural. But, yeah, he's still uh, he's still a, a really, really gifted player, very, very talented, um, still one of the world's best, could even win the, the Ballon d'Or this year. Um, so it's not uh, 
Inter Miami has four times the amount of followers as the official MLS Instagram account. Right. Tough. Tough to see that one, but um, yeah, and and on the union's end, they they uh, beat uh, Tijuana the other night, three one, crazy game. I mean, just like absolutely bonkers all the way around. But um, good start to to that. Um, you know, it's a it's a, a pretty small like round robin uh, for the group, so you get a good result tonight, um, and you're you're probably through just off that alone, which is nice because uh, it's it's an opportunity again for for the union to have uh, a little bit of silverware and you know, they've kind of been playing better, you know, in the second half of the season than they did in, in the first, uh, first few months. So, you know, you, you hope that, that continues really the MLS in general is, has played very well against uh, the Mexican league so far this year um, in this competition. And I think that's a positive sign because I think every year the MLS is getting uh, better, better resources. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before they're, they're probably the best, uh, best league in North America yeah and I mean we've seen throughout this season too like the union just performing well in you know these in-season cups in-season tournaments and stuff like that so like who's to say that they don't continue that trend from uh earlier this season when they had you know the uh the Champions League that they almost you know made it all the way through they got to you know right there and obviously ran into freaking LA again um you know, they, they've had a bunch of in-season tournament success this year, and hopefully that continues. Um, also, I don't know if you saw the post about Messi posting the uh, Apple TV link on his Instagram story, and everybody just saying Messi is now an affiliate marketer. Well, he gets he, he gets, gets a cut. Yeah, he get, he gets a cut. He he knows where his his money is made. <laughs> he is not a fool. So yeah. So I can't wait to see who uh, leaks the amount of clicks that link got from Messi's Instagram story because he's just one of us. Messi's actually a podcaster now, just posting affiliate links on his Instagram story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's good to see the union just continuing success and then they get back to uh, MLS schedule play in August, August 20th uh, against FC Dallas. So right where right where they expect to, to be, right towards the top. Um in third place at the break so that's nice as well yeah absolutely you know um again when you consider that they uh, struggled out of the gates to, to be in this position now where uh, you know they're they're fighting and, and likely going to be hosting a, a home playoff game that's a nice thing that's a really nice thing to have and we've said it you know since the format changed like having the one seed isn't all that important right it, it does not give you as big of an advantage as it used to now home field advantage is still uh much more important in, in MLS than it is in, in a lot of other leagues because of the distance of travel and kind of how long the season is and, and how much you're, uh, you're asked to travel. But um, it's still, uh, you know, even if you get it for the first round, you know, that's still a nice benefit. But, yeah, you don't get that, that buy anymore with the home field advantage coupled with that. So, uh, you know, finishing in first outside of winning, if you can, the supporter shield is not as crucial or, or as big of an advantage as it used to be. Yeah. 100%. So hopefully, you know, their success continues in the League's Cup and we'll see, you know, how that unfolds. But uh, one final thought here uh, on this episode, unfortunately. Earlier this week, Matt and I lost a, a near dear friend of ours uh, who is an avid listener and viewer of this podcast, Dean Mason, um, who was, you know, we've been friends with him since middle school. And, uh, you know, it, it it's never easy when you lose somebody that you've known for that long, who has always been supportive of any endeavor you, you take yourself on. And, you know, we've always been supportive of Dean and his endeavors as well. So just want to, you know, send our love to the Mason family and 
um, you know, when you when you lose somebody like that, it's it's never easy. And Dean was always in our corner from the get go of us starting this podcast. So um, we want to just send our love and and best to the Mason family. Um, and we love you guys and thinking about you and you know sending a ton of love to Nick as well, Dean's brother. So yeah, he's a, a great person. Um, we need more intelligent, empathetic kind passionate people in this world we need more deans in the world and i wish we still had that dean in this world so uh always sad when you lose someone that young too just very very tough um so much love to the mason family and uh we love you dean and uh we're always thinking about you buddy um make sure you guys are are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram threads and tiktok Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and lets us continue to do really awesome stuff that we uh, we have planned down the pipeline and allows us to uh, continue moving along on this journey of podcasting and make it bigger and better than ever. So go subscribe on your audio platform of choice and subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week and every show on our network you get clips interviews shorts live streams all that good stuff uh so go subscribe youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia and this show is presented by the city of vineland and uh pulling it up right here because they really are uh, one of our, our biggest supporters and have been since they got on board with us. Uh, and whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And this has been episode number 554 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. By this time next week, we talking trade deadline acquisitions by the fight and fills and seeing who's new to the club as we hopefully hit another postseason run towards Red October. But for Matt, KB, until then, we're getting the heck up out of here and we are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the